Welcome to episode 9 of the Roundabout Town podcast. My name is Kevin Boniface and I've worked as a postman in West Yorkshire for over 25 years. Throughout this time I've kept a journal of my experiences in the hope that writing things down will somehow make them more comprehensible. I'm not sure it's worked. Episode 9, Hot Beef Sandwich. Six a.m. in the park. Water vapour hangs in a mist above the pond. A blackbird sings in the flowering hawthorn, and azaleas and primulas bloom around the feet of the Boer War infantryman. A fat pigeon pecks at the plastic portion control packaging underneath the bench. It's a bright morning. There's a light breeze, and there's another blackbird singing in the sycamore tree above the Nerf gun bullets in the gutter. Out on delivery, I pull up in the curb drifts of cherry blossom and call the intercom on the gate at the big house with the long driveway. As is often the case, I'm greeted with a fumbled, Oh, for fuck's sake! before the man with the limp and the faded black t-shirt appears from behind the rhododendrons. He makes his way towards me. Hiya, mate, how are you doing? he says with a cheery, toothless smile. Jackdaws and magpies cackle in the trees above the new estate of plastic grass, solar-powered fairy lights, slate chippings, sonic cat deterrents, developer-planted cherry, lavender and cordyline. There are pool sliders on every doorstep, and I'm pretty sure it was a red star to saw in the woods off Woodbottom Road. At the house on the valley side, a man is pulling a lamb's tail out of his dog's throat. They've been docking the tails and they've just left them all lying in the fields. He's gone in there and nearly choked himself trying to eat them all. An enormous heron flies over the house where the Union Jack flutters from an ornamental lamppost. An elderly man is sitting in the porch in a shooting vest reading Jeremy Clarkson's Diddly Squat A Year on the Farm. I'm often unsettled by the poorly proportioned plastic reproduction of Michelangelo's David in the front garden of the big house at number 27. In my opinion, the statue is a symbol of the ignorance of the aspirational classes. You might think my response is disproportionate or overinflated, much like David's arms, hands and feet are in comparison to the rest of his body. But why can't people see? People should be able to see by looking. If they spent a bit more time observing the world around them, they'd know something was wrong. The wonky plastic David in pride of place in the enormous garden seems to me an unnerving celebration of stupidity. By contrast, I engage with the world around me to such an extent that I find myself making crude judgments about a person's character based on an ornament they might have just displayed in the garden to amuse themselves or to deliberately wind up their uptight postman. Also, another thing I've noticed about that statue is its resemblance to legendary Arsenal and England fullback Kenny Sansom around the time of his move from Crystal Palace in 1980. Apart from the fact that 1980 Kenny Sansom didn't look as though he was wearing the wrong arms, of course. At the pro shop at the golf club, two women in lilac and cream are discussing the cost of living crisis. He rang me to say he'd just paid £8 for a hot beef sandwich. I said you should have come home. You could have had tuna for a pound. 
as the morning wears on, the streets fill with massive men in enormous shirts eating pasties from paper bags. They mainly call each other pal and discuss cars. You didn't pay much for that punto, did you? Five and a half. Mind you, I only got five for the Audi. A small pebble thrown up by a passing SUV bounces off a telegraph pole and down the back of my shirt. There are chiff-chaffs everywhere. Back inside the van, the PDA is upside down in its holster and there are some small brown speckles on the wing mirror. I don't know where they've come from. They've been there for over a week. It's a warm day, 20 degrees, and the sun casts the elongated shadow of the manufacturer's mark from the offside window across the interior door trim. St. Gaban secure it. The road is dappled as sunlight filters through gently swaying birch. I pull away from the curb, tyres crunching over dry leaf litter in the gutter. I'm taking my jacket off, says the farmer, and he pulls his coat over his head and throws it into the back of the Land Rover. The t-shirt he's wearing underneath has a busy floral pattern on it. He stretches out his arms and then helicopters them around. Oh, that feels good, he says. I usually wear three coats at once, so it's nice to be able to move my arms and walk about and stuff. At the co-op, a man in jeans is talking into his phone about the wrapping paper he's chosen. It's grey with circles and stuff all over it. Martha Reeves and the Vandellas play over the PA as a cue for the checkout behind the woman in her 50s in yoga pants, trainers and a big grey baggy sweatshirt. She begins to sway her shoulders in time to the music and as the chorus kicks in, she starts to tap her feet as well. By the time she reaches the front of the queue, she's full on dancing on the spot. She stands a bottle marked Co-op White Wine on the counter for the assistant to scan. She taps a card on the reader and then breezes past me singing, Oh, Jamie Mack, when are you coming back? The bottle clasped to her chest. A big 40-odd-year-old man with a homemade face tattoo pulls up on a child's glittery pink push bike with a flat tyre and asks me, Have you fucking been up fucking New Lathe with a fucking parcel? No, I say. Five minutes later, an old Ford Focus skids around the corner. Three of the doors open before it even stops, and half a dozen big men jump out, smash the front windows of a VW Golf and drag out the driver. At the house with the laughing terracotta Buddha on the broken patio, there's a plastic Christmas wreath and a dozy-looking vine weevil on the front door. The plants in pots are all dead, and two women in their twenties are sitting on the doorstep in their pyjamas, smoking. A black Mercedes smart car is parked on the drive. Its boot is decorated with a big iron cross motif with Luftwaffe written underneath it in a gothic font. Under the railway bridge and on past the walls and trees in ivy, up the mother die lined footpath next to the mid-century brick substation with the vernacular kneelers for tired witches. Above the tree line, an aerobatic chase between a hobby and a swift is underway, and around the corner where the road starts again, local blues legend and leather worker George Gray is out for a walk in his puffer coat. 
This episode of Roundabout Town was written and presented by me, Kevin Boniface, at Westview Study Centre for no good reason, with original music by Kevin and Edie Boniface. Roundabout Town is published in paperback by Uniform Books and my collection of short stories, sports and social will be published in September by Blue Moose Books. Please like and subscribe. Oh, 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 o